learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Thinking about people you hire as objects or obstacles to achieve your company goals is poison. Often we venture into the hiring process with the mindset of how can you help me? This is wrong in so many ways, especially if your goal is to fuel the growth of your company. The truth is the people you hire could care less about you and your goals. And this is why people take your job simply for the paycheck and bounce at the first hint of trouble. Understanding the other person's pains, desires, allow you to connect the dots for both parties of how you can bring maximum impact to their careers and the company. I'm Rick Gerard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business leaders win the right hire. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry leaders like our guest today, Jonathan Domsky. He is the founder of Untangled Coaching. An entrepreneur since he was 24 years old, Jonathan uses many of the same tools as a traditional business coach, goal setting, accountability, best practices, but his purpose in life is teaching personal mastery. Jonathan's superpower is to distill this wisdom into practical, easy to understand, and simple to apply tools that will make your life easy, meaningful, and joyous. To entangle the clutter in your business and life so that you can be your best, most authentic self. And most importantly, see a clear path on how to get from where you are right now to living your beautiful future, which is what makes Jonathan the perfect expert for today's topic. Jonathan, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Thanks for having me, Rick. There's nowhere I'd rather be than right here with you right now. Oh, wow. That's like the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, (laughs) including my wife. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about why you need to change your hiring mindset. And we're going to talk about how to shift your mindset to fuel growth. We give you a plan to do that. Sound like a plan? Let's do it. The conversation that I often have with entrepreneurs is, I want somebody who's already done X who can come in and do the work. They have to want to be here and they just have to figure out what the job is. Because quite frankly, we don't really know what the job is. I find this is far too common, especially when I'm talking to new companies. Do you see this as a challenge as well? Of course, it's important when you're hiring someone, you want them to have had the experience and the know-how and the skills to do what it is you're hiring them to do. But the problem is that it's not enough. Behavior drives results, but what's going to drive that behavior? If incentives, training, giving people rewards and punishments was enough, then every company would have great customer service. All siblings would get along. There'd be no crime. It's not enough. So behavior drives results, but what drives behavior? And the answer to that is mindset. So let's break into that because the mindset is probably the most dangerous thing that entrepreneurs have because when they go into this, they just need to get the work done. And again, just having that approach to it is so harmful to you and your business because you're not going to attract the best people for your organization. You're just not. Yeah, absolutely. And the reason for that is that most of us have what we call an inward mindset. We're concerned with our needs, our objectives, our challenges. And to the extent that we think of other people at all, it's as objects. We see them as obstacles to overcome, or we see them as vehicles to get what we want. And if they can't help us and they can't hurt us, then there are irrelevancies that don't matter at all. And that provokes an inward mindset in other people that if you don't care about 
what my goals are. If you don't care about what I'm trying to do, then why should I care about yours? And so much of the drama, so much of the conflict that we see in our lives, that we see in our businesses comes from this inward mindset thinking that we're all focused on what we need. And then other people respond to it by not caring about what we need. But if we could focus on what's important to them, if we could have an outward mindset, if we could see them as people with needs, challenges, and objectives of equal importance to our own, then that opens up the space for us both to accomplish great things together. Having this outward mindset that we're talking about right now also attracts the strongest people because you're able to look past your preconceived notions, your bias, whatever, during your interview process to actually understand who a person is at their core and be able to connect the dots both for you and for them as to whether or not the person is going to thrive. Absolutely. And people want to have an impact. They want to know why they're doing what they're doing, not just the what of what we're doing. And so many times when we're hiring someone, we're writing a job description, we write it with an inward mindset. We're saying, here's what you need to do. And it's left up to the person to understand what's the impact they're having, what's the purpose of what they're doing. Let's say that you're hiring a customer service person, and part of the description is must be able to handle 50 calls an hour or whatever it is. Sure, that's the what that they're doing, but the outward mindset goal isn't to process 50 calls, it's to help solve 50 clients' problems an hour. Yeah. If they're focused just on the inputs, what you're doing, it misses the whole point of why the job exists in the first place. Having to service 50 calls an hour would turn most people off, but solving 50 problems an hour would probably be alluring to the right person. For the right person, it's exciting. I get to help people. That's why I got into customer service in the first place or whatever the job is. And if the goal, if the systems inside the company, if the reward systems inside the company, the success metrics, if they measure those inward things, well, then it doesn't matter if the person has an outward mindset. It doesn't matter if the person is really interested in having an impact. People are going to conform to the incentives and the structures of the organization. So it goes beyond just interviewing. It goes beyond hiring. In order to have people working together on these common goals, giving the most of themselves and not just being compliant, but contributing, cooperating, then they need to know what those goals are and they need to be able to work with some autonomy to have that impact. And this is important to a company. Why? Rick, let's illustrate it with a quick example. Let's pretend that you and I are standing at the top of a hill and I give you a ball and I ask you to push the ball down the hill. What's going to happen to the ball? It's going to go downhill. It's going to go down the hill. The ball is an object. You push the ball and it just does what you tell it to do. Let's pretend that you and I are standing at the top of the hill and you decide to push me down the hill. What's going to happen? Oh, I'm really strong. So you're going down the hill, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe with a giant pushing yourself through sheer force of will, I would go. No, oh, but no, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of resistance. But most people are going to push back. And that's why it matters. Because if you treat people like objects, they don't want to comply. If you hire someone and they're just a cog to fill your machine, they have no incentive to understand what your goals are and to help you achieve the goals of the business. And over time, they're probably going to give you the least amount that they can in order to keep their jobs or maybe they'll quit and you'll have high turnover because you're just focused on what's in it for me instead of what's in it for them. They will quit. They will quit. When your wants are primarily ego-driven, then you're going to drive people out. And plus, you have to also look at whatever role you're creating as what does the business need, not what do I want as an entrepreneur. It's always nice to be able to say, hey, I've got some guy that I hired from Google or some big company, but that's a totally ego-driven and probably the worst hire you're going to make. And you say, what does the business need? The business is made up of people. So the person who's going to be managing that person, what is that person's 
needs, challenges, and objectives with regard to this hire, the coworkers of this person, their peers. What are those people's needs, challenges, and objectives? Anyone who's going to be reporting to them? Same question. And then, of course, for the candidate themselves, this person that you're bringing into company, what are their needs, challenges, and objectives? And by focusing on other people, it doesn't mean that you don't focus on what you need. It means that if you could take care of what they need first, then it opens up space for everybody to work together. Illustrate that with an example. Before I was a coach, I was an entrepreneur. My primary business was Kidorable. If you've seen umbrellas or rainwoods that look like frogs and ladybugs and stuff like that, that's us. And we used to hire salespeople. And the salespeople's goal, we built our business on small independent mom and pop stores. A really good customer was $5,000 in sales a year. So our salespeople had a goal that they were supposed to sell $5,000 of our products a year to our customers to ship that out the door. It's a very inward goal. What happens to the product after it ships? Well, that's not our concern. We did our part. But then we shifted that goal. We made it an outward mindset goal. And we said, from now on, our sales goal for each customer is that they sell $10,000 of Cadorable products over the course of a year. Most of our retailers had 100% markup. So if they sell 10,000, that's the same as us shipping 5,000. But by making it about them selling as opposed to us shipping, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. Well, maybe they need training on how to sell our product. Maybe they need support with displays or other promotional support. Maybe when we have a new product, we should guarantee it that it's going to sell and take it back if it doesn't so they could they don't have stock on their shelves, but they're always moving product. Those are the possibilities that come from having an outward mindset by considering what is it that all the people around you, all the people that you affect by what you do, what are their needs, challenges, and goals? Yeah, that's so very true. And you mentioned if you approach your hiring like it's a customer, because each person that you're talking to is potentially a customer in a way. So if you treat them like that, then you can't lose. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to help you land great hires. Our guest today is Jonathan Domsky. He's the founder of Untangled Coaching, and we're discussing developing an outward mindset and how to implement that into your company. So we just talked about why you should do this, and now we're going to talk about how to. Jonathan, I'll let you lead off. How do we solve this problem? From an individual perspective, it's very simple. See other people as human beings with needs, challenges, objectives that are of equal importance to your own as people, not as objects. And then adjust your behavior to actually help them achieve what's important to them. And then we're not quite done. Measure the results. If you're hiring someone and you're talking to a candidate, what is it that they want? Well, I mean, ask. Not just are they a good fit for you, but are you a good fit for them? And if you're hiring people and you find that it's this bad cultural fits or they didn't have the skills that you thought they had, or for whatever reason, they're not thriving and they're leaving, well, how can you adjust your questioning during the interview? How could you adjust your onboarding process? How could you adjust their experience when they're starting so that you are able to help them to achieve their goals within the context of what your company is trying to achieve? So see adjust and then measure. Let's talk about the seeing piece. It's really hard to get out of that mindset of we just need to get this work done because we're under deadlines and we have pressure from our investors and we really need to, we're behind the eight ball here. How do you make the shift from oh shit to okay, let's take the time to make sure that we're doing this right? Yeah, so there's two parts to that. One is to realize what's the cost of doing it the way that you have been doing it in the past. Sure, it's more efficient in the short term to not worry about any of that stuff, but how much time do you waste in turnover in, and um, how much money do you all, blow? All these other issues. But the other part of it is what's the structure? What's the system that 
everybody's working in. And when it comes to interviewing and selection, when it comes to onboarding, when it comes to compliance, are the systems in the company inward focused? What does the company need? What do I need? Or are they outward focused? How does what we do affect everybody who we're working with? Just breaking it down, if you're building a business anyway, you need to be outward focused. You have to be focused on your customer. You have to be focused then on the things that are going to build the business. And people are the main thing that's going to build the business. So again, how do we break out of this mindset? What would be the one thing that can snap somebody out of this and go, okay, maybe we should just step back for a moment and really consider how we're approaching this? It's a process. Everybody has an inward mindset sometimes in some situations. The goal is to have it be as little as possible and as much as possible to be outward. So the first is to start having these conversations to talk about it, to understand these dynamics like, oh, like to recognize the reason why some people aren't thriving in our company. The reason why we've made these mistakes is because we're just focused on what we need instead of what the other people need, but good intentions aren't enough. Take a look at the systems, the success metrics in your company and see how could they be focused, not just on the inputs, but on what is the impact. And then even if you do, let's just pretend you had a offsite retreat and you spent two days looking at all the processes in your company and turning them around, that would be a great start, but it's probably not going to be enough because habits change, people change, people need reminders. And the easiest way to do it is to do a walk the talk exercise. And that could be once a quarter during a quarterly strategic planning meeting. It could be more frequently to simply take a moment, add it to the agenda of your quarterly meeting and ask over the last quarter, how are we doing? How consistent have we been in recognizing that the people we work with and the people that we're bringing into our company and not just that, but all of our customers and everything else, our suppliers, everything else that we do, how consistent are we at looking at them, seeing them as people whose needs are of equal importance to our own and adjusting our efforts and measuring the results to help them achieve what they need? And if everybody goes around the table and they say, oh, we're doing a really great job of that and everyone agrees, then great, you're done. You have a good habit keep doing it. But if someone That's says, you know, there was that one time. Do that, though. It's not always great and hunky-dory. Come on, let's be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if the one person raises their hand and says, there was that one time where I feel like we're kind of treating that person as an object. But taking it back and foundationally, it's important that companies really take the time in the beginning to build out their core values and build those foundational things that the company needs to build upon. Because otherwise, what you're doing is you're just throwing sticks on a fire and hoping something burns longer. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Yeah. So it's with an exercise, write down all the people who you're associated with in your company, the person you report to, maybe if you're an entrepreneur, maybe your investors, people who report to you, your peers, and ask yourself, do you know what are the three most important things to these people, either on a daily basis for their job is or long term? If you're not sure of it, ask. And then get in the habit of asking them, what more could I do to help you achieve your goals? And then see how they respond when now it's time for you to work on what the group's goals are. So this is the second part where we're talking about just your efforts to actually help them. So you're basically taking the people within your circle and saying, hey, look at how can we make things better for you? When it comes to adjusting your efforts and measuring the results, look at what the results have been. The people that you're bringing into your company, what is turnover? When they leave, if you do an exit interview, what is the reason why they left? Why wasn't the company able to be the vehicle that that person needed in order to achieve their goals, to thrive within the company. But if there's conflict with their teammates, if there's conflict with the person they report to, what was the part that was missing? Do that root cause analysis and then adjust the 
interview process and the onboarding process for the next person to make sure you get it right. You have an interesting point you brought up. So it makes me think that you really need to start to listen to your people and listen to what's going on to understand and not to respond. Take the time to understand who this person is and how can I help them. That's something that really doesn't happen in the interview process too much. Thirdly, then taking that information and helping to connect the dots. And what I mean is value load every challenge that you have into that person's desires and allow them to make up their own mind whether or not they're going to be the person who's going to be able to make that impact for you. And when you talk about for the challenges that you have, make a list. Any challenge you have that involves other people, make a list. What are all the parts of this problem where you're the solution? What are all the parts of the challenge where someone else is the solution? And sure, we're working in a complex organization. You need everybody to work at the same direction, but to have the orientation that as far as I'm concerned, the problem is me. And just to start with that. And then what's the action that that orientation invites? Instead of waiting for someone else to improve their behavior, as far as I'm concerned, the problem is me. What's the one thing I could do to move this forward? Do that thing and then see what happens. Okay. The last piece is measure results. So how do we measure these results? So within the hiring context, measuring the results could be from over time with employee surveys. It could be with retention. How good a job is the company doing in helping the employees progress with their career and achieve their goals within the context of the company? Asking their peers, asking the person that your hire is reporting to, how is this person working out? Is this who we wanted? And if the answer is yes, pat yourself on the back for doing a great job. And if the answer is no, well then talk to them again. Talk to that manager, talk to that employee and ask, what are your needs, challenges, and objectives. How can I help you achieve those within the context of the company? And as they see you reaching out to them and helping them achieve their goals, they're going to give more effort and move from compliance to cooperation and actively supporting the goals of the company. Yeah. I would add a couple other metrics. It's really important that you track interview experience, glass door reviews, and the feedback that you're getting from that interview process. Because if you're doing things properly and you're prepping people and you're giving them a good experience, even if they're not the right person, if you're listening to them and you can connect those dots for them and they understand, well, this isn't probably not the right role for me or the right company for me. Then it puts them in a position where they're having a good experience, they get closure, and then you get good glass door reviews, which nobody writes those except for people who work at the company. But the other thing would be save time. In your interview process, I think it's really important to save the time of the people who are interviewing so they can be focused more on the more important things within the business. But when somebody gets to a certain step in the interview process, have a system of checks and balances in there so that you're not going through a whole interview process with somebody and then passing on or interviewing way too many people. And don't forget about the person who's doing the interviewing as well. If you're an entrepreneur or a manager and you have other people who hire people in your company, there's a business that I work with, Z Tejas Southwest Grill. They're in Phoenix and Austin, Texas, and they have four locations and it's up to the individual general managers for each location to do all the hiring. And I was talking with the COO and there were some frustrations that they weren't always hiring the best people. There are all sorts of mismatches. So we talked about it. What is it that your general managers need in order to be better interviewers? Well, they've never been trained on- Training and a hiring process. (laughs) They've never been trained (laughs) in the hiring process. So instead of having your review process, a meeting with the GM and yeah, you know, you're not so great at hiring or uh, there's all these problems in the store. Instead of using that review process to punish or to reward people, 
flipping that around as an outward mindset process would be, what do you need in order to be a better interviewer? What do you need in order to be able to hire better? And maybe it's resources like this one. You need to listen to higher power. Maybe it's having them read who or Rick, I understand you have a book that's going to come out soon that's going to displace that. I'd love to hear more about that. But what are the people in the company who are doing your hiring, who are doing your onboarding? What do they need in order to be successful in their roles? It's funny. I was talking to a VP a couple weeks back and he said to me, I've had about, in my career, I've had about an hour of interview training my whole career. So that's one of the most important things we do. I mean, hire the right people and the people solve all the problems. So we're getting pretty close on time. Jonathan, what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that can plug into the business today? First, just remember, see other people as people with needs that are equal in importance to your own. Adjust your efforts to help them achieve those goals and then measure the results so that that frees up that space for possibility for everybody to work in the same direction. As far as I'm concerned, the problem starts with me. So powerful. 90% of the conflicts, the drama that happens in our lives is because we want other people to change. But if we change first, it inspires them to do so as well. And the last thing that I would leave with people is look around your company, look around your life. Who is someone in your life who needs something more than you've been giving them? What is something that you can do to help them with their objectives today? Perfect. Well, shoot, Jonathan, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. What would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you? Anything you want to plug? Go for it. Yeah, the best place to find me is on my website, www.untangled-coaching.com. Don't forget the dash, untangled-coaching.com. On that homepage, you will see a sign up sheet for my monthly free Zoom workshops. And I will be giving a workshop on April 21st on this topic on power of an outward mindset, how to apply it to your business and your life. Sign up for it and I'll give you an email for how to attend that. Nice. I want to thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe review and share. We're listening and we welcome your feedback after all this show is for you. Join the Higher Power Radio community to hire H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O dot com. Or you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Adam Stonehawker. He is head of sales at Blue Rocket Incorporated. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.